Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, the MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to MedterraCBD.com right now and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to save 15% off your order. I am your host, Brad Gephardt, and with us on the line for the second time in as many weeks, he is an absolute Canadian icon in motocross and uh, a damn good person to have on the podcast because he's just got so many stories. He's got uh, just just a, a great way about him, and I love to have him on the podcast. He's going to become a repeat offender. I guess this is already him becoming a repeat offender on the podcast. His name is Chris Pomeroy. Chris, how's it going? I'm good, man. Thanks. Uh... Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. No time. Long time, no talk, my friend. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to to bring you on. Canadian motocross is ramping up. Uh, the Arena Cross Series is in the rearview mirror. Now we get motocross. This is what it's all about. This is what the fans are participants of. This is what we, we, we ride on Saturday to see how these guys race on Sunday and make it look that much easier. Uh, I guess this year there's going to be a fair bit of... Uh, is there... They have Saturday rounds as well. I, I should have double-checked that, but... Um, well, it's, it, it's it's uh, it's totally changed now. So um, it's all Saturdays now. Every round okay. on Saturday. So I guess it's uh, ride on Friday, race on Saturday now. Fair enough. Well, as far as the uh, yeah for the the amateurs, we 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 uh, we watch the pros make it look easy on Saturday, and then we make it look hard on Sunday. Uh, trying to just shaking our heads as to how those guys completed certain sections in one or two jumps where we, we barely can make it through whatsoever. Um, but before we get to uh, breaking down the series, uh, based on some photographic evidence. Uh, it looks like you are looking forward to making a full comeback. Uh, Palms is looking good on a motorcycle these days. <laughs> well, I, I I don't know if I'd say good. It's it's another uh, another year, another work in progress to uh, to get back in shape. And um, I actually spent uh, quite a bit of time this winter uh, working out and kind of trying to stay in shape. The past years, I've always just kind of waited until uh, the season got close, and then. Um, you know, I'd be like, oh, I gotta do something here before I start riding. But uh, this year, I made a little commitment uh, to getting back into a little bit of our uh, better shape, and uh, I turned 46 just uh, the other day. So, um, yeah, say, I'm not getting any younger. Related. And thank you very much. Yeah, not getting any younger, and you know, getting in shape is uh, always more difficult. So, I thought, you know what, I should just get in shape again and try to stay in shape. So made that commitment. And, uh, so far the riding, the riding has been going to going good. So absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, literally, um, 12 months ago, I was 206 pounds, 23% body fat at 29 years old. Not happy with that situation. I, uh, I didn't, didn't, I didn't get it all in, in one workout. I told myself that every time I go into the gym, I'm making a difference. I'm making a change. Six months later, I was standing at Christmas with, uh, at, at 10% body fat at 185 pounds, lean, mean, and ready to do some riding this year. And I'm really excited to, uh, to talk outdoor nationals with you, my friend. Yeah. Well, hey, first off, uh, congratulations on, uh, on that fitness goal it's uh you know as you know it's uh and as everyone knows it's uh you know as you get older it's it's harder and harder yeah. and um you know it's 
got so many other things going on too that it's it's hard to find time to to work out but you know you got to make that uh you got to make choices and and you got to make time cuz uh like I said we're not getting any younger and and it feels good to be uh you know I just uh, I feel better right now I feel better than I have in uh, at this time of year I feel better than I have in years so um yeah just keep keep rolling I got a different bike this year I got a, a Husqvarna so um I'm really so far I'm really enjoying that and uh yeah we'll just keep rolling here that's awesome, man. Great to hear, and congratulations on that journey. Can't wait to see uh, what you're able to achieve with that. Now, let's get to the nitty-gritty. Let's talk about Canadian Nationals, an eight-round series, five of which are on the East Coast, which I think that uh, favors a couple of the guys that we're going to be talking about uh, a little later in the podcast. Let's crack this thing open with 250 class, uh, and I guess you got to start off with last year's uh, uh Defending champion, carrying the number one plate, riding a different bike uh, this year, and coming off some injury, uh, and we're not there's there's been a lot of quietness, so maybe some radio silence over there in uh, the Pettis camp, which leads uh, this broadcaster to believe that maybe things are not at a full go right now. I could be completely wrong, but I think he's still uh, a bit of a maybe your odds-on favorite for a championship, at least definitely a contender this year. And uh, what can you tell me about uh, Jess Pettis leading into this weekend? Uh, in Calgary. Well, I mean, I think uh, you know, as a defending defending 250 champ from from last year, um, you know, I think regardless of of what his health is, you know, whether it's 80, 90, you know, whether he's 100 percent ready to go, um, regardless of that, I think he's he's the favorite heading into to Calgary and you know this summer. Um, you know, I think he just, I think he has so much. So much, obviously, speed, um, but I think he brings in a lot of confidence, not just from his uh, championship run last year, but also from the you know the winter in January there in February riding Supercross. We all you know kept track of those results. We all sat there, um, you know, just waiting to see how good he was going to do in Supercross, and you know I think he uh, met or exceeded our expectations and I think you know that does so much for a rider's psyche and I think he just he's going to come in this weekend and uh you know as a KTM model states I think he's gonna be ready to race I, I think you're totally right I think uh injuries aside I think he's got some quiet confidence that uh earlier this year he was competing at just a different level than a lot of these guys have have dealt with in the past. Uh, like nearly all of his competition, minus maybe uh, Tyler Medaglia, has never really been on the line with anybody quite like uh, the competitors that uh, Jess was uh, racing and competing with in the uh, the 250 West uh, Supercross Series, where he was very successful. Um, that being said, uh, a couple of uh, injuries have sort of derailed his prep rolling into this, so maybe a little bit behind the eight ball as far as uh, time on the motorcycle or developing that, but you know he's got to have a good setting. You know it's got to be a good bike underneath him, uh, all it being a, a new bike for him for 2019. But uh, like you said, this game is really a mental one, and uh, I think that uh, having a big number one on your plate uh, plus having the confidence and knowing that um, you're, you're, you're the, the big dog uh, on the line, I think that that might be just enough to propel him into uh, the rest of the season where when things go west I th- or when they go east, I think he even gets more strong from there. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. Um, 
you know, last year he had a great start to the series in Calgary. Um, he dominated dominated that round. You know, and then next, you know, this year, round two is in Prince George versus, you know, his backyard, his hometown. Um, you know he's going to be have that little extra motivation to win in front of his, his uh, family and friends up there. So, yeah, I mean, two rounds, two tracks that, that you know he's going to uh, – you know, be good at. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, he's regardless of his, of his health, I think he, uh, he heads into this weekend as the, uh, as the favorite for sure. Well, that being said, your favorite being, uh, Jess Pettis, who is basically the, the number one contender? Who's going to give him the most amount of fits throughout 2019? Is it the Luke Reslin coming up from, uh, from the States? He's, he's shown speed, uh, in Supercross as well as shown, shown speed in outdoor nationals with, uh, with traders, uh, not last year, but the year prior. Uh, I think he had uh, a little bit of injuries derail some things for himself last year, uh, coming in brand new to that, uh, MX 101 team as well as, uh, Dylan Wright coming off an arena cross championship. And he's got a, a fair amount of confidence in his own right. Uh, those two, in my opinion, seem to be, uh, sort of the, 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 the next heir apparent to, uh, to be able to give, uh, Pettis, uh, a, a decent challenge this year. Uh, who else would you throw in the mix and, and what can you tell me about those two gentlemen? Well, I mean, I would also probably throw, um, you know, Tyler Medaglia's name in there. Of course. Um, you know, he brings in, uh, more experience than, than I think all those guys that you mentioned, all those guys put together. So, and, you know, we saw some, some good speed from him. In the AX Tour, I know he's been, I mean, you can't even question, you know, has Tyler been working hard to get ready? I mean, we know the guy's a, a great pro and, and he knows how to prepare himself um, for battle. So, you know, you know he's going to come in come in ready. And I, I think he feels, uh, you know, just in talking to him a little bit throughout the, the AX Tour and, you know, talking about his his winter training on that 250, um, you know, I think he feels really, really comfortable and really confident on that bike. So, um, you know, experience, he knows the tracks, he's fit. Um, you know, I think he feels like, I don't think he feels like the, the old guy. I think he feels like he has a little bit of uh, something to prove. And, um, you know, we've seen in the past when, when you have a motivated motivated rider like Tyler, um, you know, he's he's difficult to to beat and if if he can get a little little confidence early you know have some good motos maybe even grab a moto win um i think you'll you'll see him be able to carry that throughout the summer and um you know you mentioned you mentioned dylan wright um you know last year i i think i could be i might have calculated wrong but i don't think i did but uh i had him scoring the most points uh, from the, you know, when the East started. So the second half of the series last year, I had him scoring the most points in the 250 class. Um, so if it wasn't for those couple DNFs in the West last year, I, you know, Dylan would have been uh, certainly a lot closer, a lot closer to Pettis in the points. So, you know, Dylan's going to be good. I think, you know, he's obviously won a championship last month in the AX Tour. So he's got to be feeling good. Um, you know, you mentioned... Luke Reslin, you know, we don't know. I think he's as fast as anyone outdoors. Um, you know, he's he's fit. His only, uh, you know, the only thing I think going against him is that 
he's just not as familiar with these tracks as as his competition which totally. uh you know as we've seen in the past you know sometimes when the american riders come up um you know they struggled just a little bit to to figure out you know how our tracks how our tracks work and you know so that's you know that's his only um disadvantage against everyone else but um you know you got those guys you know i think marco canella is going to be even better with another you know another year of experience under his belt um he's a methodical rider that that knows how to you know kind of take what the track gives him each weekend and um you know that's going to be that's going to be his strength and of course you got Tanner Ward you know I think he's going to be another step above where we saw last year so I mean you got a handful of guys that uh that you know, we could see you know I think we could see a different possibly a different moto winner each round you know that'd be how cool would that be Absolutely, it would be uh, really, really neat to see. Uh, of course, this being a very short series compared to last year, I believe it was 10 rounds. This year, it's 8 rounds, 16 motos, even less room for error, less room for bike issues. Of course, that was one thing that sort of uh, bit Dylan Wright. Uh, at the beginning of last year, uh, I think if you t- if you even uh, give him a, a sort of average finish on a couple of those motos where his bike wasn't able to get to the end, I think he's even more uh, in the championship hunt than he was last year. So maybe that if, if he's able to keep the bike together, uh, that um, spells more problems for for Pettis. But I think you're totally right. These guys have there's a ton of great uh, talent. Uh, it's going to be start dependent. The start's going to be really important on a couple of these tracks. And who can establish themselves as that number one guy throughout the summer and uh, and stay off the ground? Because like I said, short series, uh, not maybe not as short as the uh, the East West series is that we saw uh, in the the earliest days of uh, let's say the early two thousand mid two thousands with the two fifty class. But uh, sixteen motos, not a lot of room for error. No, and I mean I think that's going to play into to certain guys' strategy um, as far as you know not wanting to to make that that big mistake that's going to cost them a lot of points just because there's not, you know, as you said, there's not a lot of time to, to make those points up. Um, you know, the mechanical stuff, you know, these days with the bikes being, being what they are, there's, there's not much you can do um, with that. That's kind of out of your control. Um, you know, sometimes just stuff, just stuff happens, but um, you know, it's, as you said, 16 motos, um, very little margin for error. In, in both classes. So, um, you know, I think you're going to see guys, you know, obviously going for it, obviously trying to establish themselves as the, uh, as the top dog early. And then, um, you know, but I don't think you're going to see, you know, too many guys, uh, just, you know, letting it all hang out, uh, too early. So for sure. The guys will be feeling themselves out, uh, and, and feeling their competition out as well. Let's switch gears over to the 450s, the big dogs. We've got uh, a, an import coming in, new for 2000 and, uh, and, and 19. Phil Nicoletti, he's, he's, led, he's led laps in American Nationals. He's podiumed American Nationals. He's been a, top, he's been a consistent top five guy in those Nationals as well. That uh, was a couple of years ago. Last year uh, showed so some speed on the Husqvarna uh, at certain rounds last year, including, I believe, a podium at Unadilla. Uh, finds himself with no ride this year until uh, he was picked up 
by uh, the Yamaha OTSSF uh, Rockstar team. Um, I think he's probably, as far as top-end talent and speed goes, uh, he's probably got the, the most, most amount of that. But as far as experience on these tracks, which I think is very important for this particular class, he has the least amount of that, uh, the most of that going to uh, your current uh, defending champion on the uh, the JDR Honda is uh, Colton Fasciati for his sort of swan song coming in uh, after not racing any of the arena cross rounds. He should be fresh as a daisy, um, but also not with a lot of uh, uh, gate drops. In fact, uh, both him and uh, Cole Thompson showing up at uh, at a local round, uh, this not if not this last weekend, the weekend prior, uh, to do some preparation. And, and uh, I think that uh, between himself, between Nicoletti, Fasciati, Gerke, uh, Thompson, Alessi, and Moffenbeier, those guys are going to have the lion's share of, uh, of the good results, uh, in my opinion. you got to give the nod to Nicoletti and the fact that he's got that speed, but experience might bite him in the ass. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think those the names you mentioned there are definitely going to be um, the guys that are you know, occupying the top four or five um, each moto. Um, you know, having said that, there might be be interesting to see, you know, uh, what a Kayla Meston can do. Um, can he get up into that, you know, elusive top five there, exclusive top five? Um, you know, I, I think Nicoletti comes in as, as uh, you know, kind of, kind of the unknown as as far as what his, uh, what he'll bring to these Canadian Canadian tracks. Um, you know, like we talked about with, with Reslin. Um, you know, I don't. I think the only way to to really get experience on these tracks is to is to race them. They're they're pretty hard to duplicate any type of you know practice track in the U.S. or anything like that. Um, you know you have to come up and and spend some time riding them, and you also have to spend some time you know racing um, you know guys like Gorky and you know Fasciati and um, you know Thompson to see just how fast these guys go on on canadian tracks um i know it's taken a few americans by surprise in the past um so you know nicoletti's going to have to to adjust to that and um you know i think with the way he rides um he's you know very well known for being you know super aggressive and and not taking any crap on the racetrack <laughs> so um you know i think guys you know guys are going to adapt to racing with him too, just, you know, getting to know his tendencies and, and what he's going to do in certain situations. So, um, that definitely, you know, that adds to the storylines of the 450 class. Um, but again, I mean, like, like we talked about with Pettis, um, you know, I think Colton comes in, I think you got to make him the favorite to, to win his, uh, I guess this would be a sixth championship if he wins another one. Um, yeah. I think, I think you just got to give, you know he's the favorite until someone else uh, steps up. He's he's done it before. He's done it under many different circumstances. Um, you know, injured, sick. Um, you know, he's done it so many different ways. On, on different he knows how to do it. <laughs> yeah, different. Yeah, different bikes, different teams. I mean, it's just uh, it's amazing to see his career how it's. Uh, evolved over the years and how he's been able to get championships done under under different uh, conditions so um yeah i think you know my opinion fasciati is the favorite uh until someone else steps up 
I totally agree. Having the guy who literally turned pro on a uh, a KX two fifty two stroke in two thousand two, I think that's that's it's going way back. Uh, and even when he was racing the intermediate class, uh, back in in BC. Um, what do you what, like before we get to to Matt Gerke, What's uh, how likely is it that Phil Nicoletti and uh, Cole Thompson may lock horns at some point this summer? I mean, I think it's it's a given that that a few guys are gonna gonna come together. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously in, in recent months, um, you know, Cole and and Colton have shown that you know maybe they're not uh, um, you know they're not as good of friends anymore. Um, so I don't think there's a lot of uh, love lost between those two. Um, you know, Gorky is Gorky's another one that doesn't care who he's racing against or, you know, what the track's like, or, um, I'm always amazed at, you know, I totally, you know, I love watching these guys for different reasons. I mean, I love watching Colton because, you know, he's methodical, he's smooth. Um, you know, his, his raw sprint speed is, is so impressive. Um, but at the same time, he never, you know, he doesn't look like he's, he's going that fast. Um, you know, the same can be said for, for Thompson and the way he attacks the track. Um, you know, it's so precise, so smooth. Uh, his bike barely sounds like it's making noise. Um, and then on the flip side, you have, you know, a Matt Gorky who doesn't care if his bike's pointed straight, if it's pointed (laughs) sideways, you know, backwards, Mm -hmm. whatever, but he's still pinned and he's still, going right till he sees the checkered flag and that is complete opposite of how I ride now and how even I used to ride even in my prime I mean you know I didn't like the bike not being pointed straight but uh so I respect those guys that you know just don't don't give a crap you know what what what's going on and they just go for it right and uh Gorky's exactly like that and it's you know it's impressive to watch uh his charges to the front of the pack, whether he starts second or whether he starts 10th, he's just, you know, he's, he's going forward. So, um, you know, each guy brings something different. You know, I'm, I haven't seen Nicoletti ride outdoors, um, in person. So, um, you know, I can't comment on, on what, uh, what he's like. I, you know, he seemed like he, he's very good on the bike. Technically, uh, we saw that in the AX tour. Um, and like you said, he's got good results in the states. So obviously he uh, he knows how to twist the throttle, and um, yeah. So he's I'm looking forward to seeing you know how he stacks up against our kind of series regulars. I think you're totally right. I know uh, I gotta let you go right away here, my friend. But uh, give me your uh, give me some quick thoughts on Michael Lessi, Sean Moffenbier. Moffenbier making his uh, uh, his leap to the 450 class after some success on the small bike, uh, riding that Yamaha uh, new bike for him for this year. Uh, and uh, and same thing for Michael Lessi, who will be riding basically uh, his uh, uh, Moto Concepts bike with uh, with JDR graphics on it for 2019. Yeah, I had a good chat with uh with Moff there the other night and um you know, I think he he comes in um you know, he he's uh you know, he's not one of the old guys. He's not as as old as say uh you know, a Fossiotti or something like that, but uh 
you know, he's got lots of experience. Um, he's a former former 250 champion, um, so he knows how to uh, how to manage a series series properly and manage points. Um, you know, is his speed going to be as good as uh, you know maybe a Colton or Thompson or even you know maybe Nicoletti and Gorky? I'm not sure. I mean, that's something I think he's going to have to prove. Not only to us, but to himself, that hey, I can I can run those those guys' speed. Um, I think he's fit. He sounds you know super happy with the bike. I know he changed up his training program this winter instead of going to California. Um, he went to Club MX in South Carolina, rode with Nicoletti, rode with the whole guy. You know everyone that attends that training facility. You know those guys. You know they moto every day. Um, you know, obviously they train off the bike. Um, he's worked on his technique, um, so I, I think Moff. You know, he he comes in pretty confident, and I think he's he's someone that needs to get some kind of some good finishes early, just to uh, kind of reinforce um, reinforce to himself that hey, you know, I can uh, don't forget about me, guys. I can, you know, I can be a podium guy too. So, um, and then Alessi. Obviously, one of the most experienced guys on the starting line um, overall, and uh, you know, I was impressed with how he just, you know, jumped into the Supercross series a couple months ago, and uh, all of a sudden he's making mains and you know, getting good starts as always. And um, I think he's super happy on his equipment this year. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's someone that, I mean, you know, he's. I think you know he's going to get a a good start if you're sitting there watching and you you know you want to put money on who's going to get the whole shot. Um, I don't think uh, Mike Alessi is never a bad bet. So um, <laughs> I think you know I don't think I've ever seen that guy get a start outside the top three. So you know he's going to put himself in good position um, at the start of each moto. Um, does he have the raw speed still to to hold on for to hold on to the lead for for 35 minutes? Um, I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he did. But, um, yeah, he's another one that's going to be good. And uh, like the 250 class, I mean, 450 class is, is stacked with, with talent and, and guys that are uh, that all have something to prove. Um, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be excited or exciting, sorry. And, um, you know, I'm just pumped that it all gets started and, in what 72 hours so yeah it's we are knocking on the door right now <laughs> of this awesome series uh 450 250 class palms and i both agree that jess pet is your li- odds on favorite but there's some guys that are give him the business 250s we disagree or 450s we disagree a little bit i think uh, phil nicoletti's speed is gonna uh, t- basically take the advantage uh and palms is all over uh Fasciati to uh to repeat as champion during his swan song we'll see how things uh gonna settle out over the next 16 motos but chris i really appreciate you coming on the podcast you have to come on uh, somewhere along this uh, championship to sort of see where things are at we can do some race reviews or after a couple of races see where things have uh, where the chips have fallen but i really appreciate you making some time tonight no i hey, appreciate you you having me on and um yeah you know I, I will i will add real quickly that um you know i think if if fasciati does is able to get his, uh, you know, his sixth championship, um, which 
I mean, it's amazing. Like you said, you know, we remember him when he was 14, 15, riding, riding pro. Um, you know, his his numbers, his career, you know, speaks for itself. But uh, I do think with with how motivated everyone else is in that class, um, you know, how I think Cole Thompson, you know, probably has a little chip on his shoulder. Feels like he, he has to prove that he's a bonafide uh, 450 outdoor guy. I do think if Colton does win, that um, we'll be able to look back on on this summer, and and I think it will be probably his toughest uh, toughest championship that he's had to that he's had to get through. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does win that it's by you know five points come uh, the final moto at Walton. I think it's going to be that tight all summer. Fair enough. Well, uh, I really, I think this has been awesome. A little bit of bench racing, a little bit of back and forth. And uh, after this weekend, we'll get a little bit better picture. See uh, what each guy is bringing to the ch- this championship series. It's it's going to be a great one. It's going to be a, give us a lot to talk about in the podcast yet to come. Uh, Chris Pomeroy here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. If you're not already following uh, MXP Mag. On, on Instagram, please go do so. Always a great way to stay on top of the, the races and all of the uh, uh, the transjecture and, and the, the banter back and forth, as well as some pretty solid pictures from our good friend uh, James Lissamore over there. Uh, Palms, I love yeah. having you on the podcast, man. This has been great. Yeah, thank you very much. And, um, you know, don't uh, don't forget about uh, the website there, mxpmag.com. Of course. We're going to be uh, all over this weekend. Um videos um you know interviews everything so um yeah it's going to be a fun weekend in calgary and um i look forward to uh, the next time we can connect absolutely and next time we talk we'll definitely have to get the full rundown on that brand new helmet from fox which uh, everyone's all drooling all over and i know you have uh way too much information on that but that's for another podcast my friend i appreciate you making some time for us tonight anytime thank you very much